So what you learned from the audience? Uh, I learned there's a lot of drunks in this audience. <laughs> yeah. They you know all, what I mean? You are ratings among the inebriated or formerly inebriated. <laughs> It's got to be like 85%. got to be huge. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, for those who are listening right now, they're like, yeah, I listen, I listen to today. The show makes more sense when you're inebriated. It yeah. really does, as you will see in today's podcast. Brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace is simple. You go online, you fill out a form, and then you get prescription life-saving medicines delivered right to your door. The Jace case will give you the peace of mind. So when you're on vacation or you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're hoping to have access to medication in an emergency, you have the right antibiotics on hand. Dr. Sean Rowland, the founder of Jace Medical, recently down in uh, Lahaina, he was deploying an aerial recovery group in an effort to help the Maui residents who were victims of the fires because this is what they do this they carry their mission throughout their their personal lives we're building a parallel economy and this company is a great partner it's comprised of businesses just like jace they're doing good in the world more than 360 dollars can be saved right now on life-saving antibiotics with jace medical plus an additional discount by using the promo code beck at checkout Go to Jace, J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I can tell you why Stu's in such a good mood today. Um, You know, Eagles broke another record. (laughs) yesterday and uh congratulations uh what record did they break they uh they well they didn't exactly break a they allowed a record to be broken oh really what was it that they had never lost to the jets in their franchise history yeah and then they finally did or is it that they have the best record in the nfl which one which Uh, one the first one okay the first one so they beat them 12 out of 13 times but they did lose once in a I know, I know. Embarrassing fashion, but still. And it was a, it was a it was a great record to be broken. Yeah, you know, I you mean, look, fairness for everybody. You do, you yes. do, and yeah. that's what that's must have. Right. I, I want to be honest with you. Must I have been what they were doing yesterday. I I notice that you're avoiding the real news today. I am. Yes. What is the real news? The re- oh, my gosh, you're going to play that. The news from Doctor Housefather. Dr. Housefather. Dr. Housefather. Real name. Dr. Zeke Housefather. Is this the team doctor of the New York Jets? No. This is... Don't play this game with me, Stu. You're starting (laughs) to piss me off now. Dr. Housefather, as you clearly know, is the climate research lead at the payments company Stripe. The... (laughs) The, the climate research lead. lead. Yeah, the climate research lead at the payments like company Stripe. Stripe meaning the place that like you swipe credit cards and they... Yeah, they process They process that. credit yeah, card process, payments? Yes. They've got... Why the cli- do they have a climate lead? Because when you can get somebody like Dr. Housefather on oh. your staff, you just... Scra- you go. You go. Who's the climate lead of uh, Square? Don't play, please don't play that game with me know. like we don't know. Uh, Dr. Housefather, uh, mm-hmm. he is also the research scientist at the independent Berkeley, uh, Berkeley Earth uh, 
Or Erkley Birth. Or, or Erkley Birth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's an organization that analyzes uh, environmental data, of course. Very independent. Right. I'm sure. So, here's, so independent. Here's what Dr. Housefather has said. Okay. Staggering. I'm quoting. Unnerving. Mind-boggling. Absolutely gobsmackingly bananas. <laughs> I want the T-shirt. I want the T-shirt. Yes, I do. Absolutely, Absolutely gobsmackingly bananas. bananas. I, yeah. I uh-huh. want to say that in my daily life all the time. Now. He has said global temperatures have shattered records and reached dangerous new highs over and over in the last few months. Really? Yes. Wow. That's and he terrible. and his fellow climate scientists at Stripe have... <laughs> Wait, the place... Hmm? Like, and just to be clear, this isn't like... Visa or MasterCard climate no. scientists. These are the ones that process the payments of Visa and MasterCard. Yeah. yeah. They're their climate science team. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So they said, he said, I've run out of adjectives to describe what they have seen. That's, that's not true. He had gobsmackingly bananas. Which is fantastic. Which is a great. Now, data from Berkeley Earth released on Wednesday shows that September was an, uh, an astounding 0.5 degrees Celsius, almost a full degree Fahrenheit hotter than the prior record. Mm. And July and August were 0.3 degrees Celsius, 0.5 degrees Fahrenheit 0.3. hotter. I mean, can you... Uh, yeah. Uh, why, why even continue civilization with a 0.3 degree temperature rise? I mean, I don't even think... You, it you, happened three months in a row. Machine. Three months in a row. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh-huh. He, he says that... Now, the Stripe people, I shouldn't say that like that. The client, the the climate researchers at Stripe said that 2023 is almost certain to be the hottest year since reliable global records began in the mid 1800s. Wow! So they were very reliable back then. Very reliable in the mid 1800s. If you go yeah. back to the mid 1800s, people just nailed science all the time. They he never said, had a problem. Well, he said, you know, 18 1850s, you know, that's when we started keeping reliable, but he thinks it's the hottest it's probably been in the last 2000 years mm. and maybe well before that. That is gobsmackingly bananas. Yeah. Uh, now, Glenn. some people will say, oh, El Nino. Yes, that is one thing that I would say. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, first of all, you're in America. Speak American now. <laughs> the baby has nothing to do with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, it's playing some role, but the global temperatures that they've experienced this year alone at Stripe, he <laughs> said, could Stri- not. Could not have occurred without the approximately 1.3 degrees Celsius. That's two and a half degrees Fahrenheit mm. of warning of warming to date. Now, he says uh-huh. this is coming from human sources like carbon dioxide and other greenhouse emissions. So in between processing the payment for my burrito at Chipotle, they yes. decided to figure this all out. Because that's impressive. Yes, but that's you don't understand do both of those things. He has also figured out that now there's increasing evidence because of the last three months that global warming has accelerated over the last 15 years rather than at a gradual steady pace. That's fascinating because it's warming mm. at a lower pace than all of their projections going back years and years and years. And Not years true, and years. according to Stripe. And according to the payment processing company yeah they say it's not true that's well it's an interesting thing because you have all the graphs 
back in the day, I don't know if they still do this because this has not worked out well for them. Yeah. But they used to make long-term projections based yeah. on what they mm-hmm. thought was going to happen. Sure. And uh, what we found out is uh, what actually occurred with carbon emissions were higher than their highest estimates. So there was more carbon poured into the atmosphere than their highest estimates. And then the warming was lower than their lowest estimates. So to me, that seems like utter and complete and catastrophic and gobsmackingly bananas failure. He said, but no, there has been an acceleration over the past few decades Mm -hmm. in total heat content of the Earth's oceans, where 90% of the energy is trapped, Mm -hmm. trapped, trapped. Our energy has been trapped. It's like held hostage by the oceans. Do they have a uh, panic room? Do the oceans mm-hmm. have, have panic rooms? Where I, don't, be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then he has satellite measurements of Earth's energy imbalance. It needs a chakra balancing. Oh, really? I bring in Al Gore. This is yes. where you bring in Al Gore for the chakra balancing. The difference between energy entering the atmosphere from the sun and the amount of heat leaving shows a strong increase in the amount of heat again trapped over the past two decades. Mm. It, for... T- for 20 years, it's been trapped, screaming to get out. If Earth's energy imbalance is increasing over time, it should drive an increase in the world's rate of warming, he says. There's a number of factors driving the acceleration of warming. Now, you need to hear I, okay, this. I need to hear okay. the factors here. The world has made real progress in slowing down the growth of carbon dioxide. This according to Stripe mm-hmm. and other greenhouse gases. However, however... For decades, the air pollution from sulfur dioxide and other hazardous substances in fossil fuels has had a strong temporary cooling effect on our climate. But mm. as countries around Wait. the world, hmm? go ahead, please finish. As countries around the world have begun to clean up the air, uh-oh, the cooling effect provided by aerosols. Oh. That's what I thought you were getting to. Has fallen by around mm-hmm. 30% since 2000. So they told us yes. to stop using aerosols. Right, because it was good for the environment. And now yes. they're saying the problem with the environment is that we've stopped using aerosols. Aerosols. Aerosols have fallen Surprising. drastically in the past three years um, because we're phasing all of them out. The reductions in that pollution... On top of the continued increase in the atmospheric greenhouse gas concentrations mean that we're encountering some of the unvarnished force of climate change for the first time. Unvarnished force of climate change. Wow. Because we have now stopped using aerosol, which actually cooled the earth. Mm. Now we're seeing unprecedented growth. Well, you know, I think I think Dr. Headfeather has won me over. Um, house father i'm sorry house father (laughs) has won me over Uh and you know what i think it's time to make some changes glenn you know if you think about what is really affecting this climate it's these carbon emissions and a lot of that is is by fossil fuel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a big portion of that and probably the biggest portion of that Mm -hmm. is this you know industrial greed where these companies are mining for all sorts of natural resources. They're sure. putting them into products, yes. shipping them Finally. all over the world. Finally, the truth. And now they're making being made so easy to purchase by these processing companies who come out here and they just make it so easy Man. for these evil capitalists Amen. to screw up the earth. We should shut down every payment 
processing company to save the globe. Because how are you possibly helping things well, if what you're doing is making capitalism easier for wait, people to participate in? Shut not, Stripe down no, today. That's not the. Here's his conclusion. I oh. don't know where you got that. <laughs> oh, that's different. He says it's clear that we can control how warm the planet gets over the coming decades now. Oh, it's clear it's we clear. can do that. He we found, can, no, he found the thermostat. He found the thermostat. Wow, I thought there was Climate one. models have consistently oh, found. Those that, same ones that said it was going to be warmer than it is now, and the same ones that mispredicted how much carbon would go wow, in the atmosphere. Listen to the hostility. Consistently found that once we get emissions down to net zero. Oh, that should be easy. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Mm-hmm. Soon as we get emissions down to net zero, the world will largely okay oh. stop warming we've got some uh, qualifiers in there we so do all we have to do is completely is get- wipe out all industry uh, industry all industrial movements uh-huh get rid of cars Shouldn't get rid be. of coal what? and i don't mean get rid of cars like you know it i mean get rid of the electric cars because there's not enough electricity produced to be able to plug in just California's cars. Oh, okay. That's okay. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he says, so the world will not cool back down for many centuries. Once it's hot, it's hot. Even if we're at net zero, unless, unless the world powers join in in major efforts to remove more carbon dioxide from the atmosphere then we add. Got it? Right. So we, we not only have to go to net zero, we then have to remove even more carbon dioxide, which I think if I think if America just holds its breath for like 10 years, yeah. nobody breathes out. You can breathe in. No breathing out. As long as we don't breathe out for about 10 years, maybe Maybe then America has done enough. You know what? I think you're right. And and we should highlight some success stories on this. For example, can I give you one success story? Sure. A huge success story. Just one nation. Mm -hmm. The nation of China that has been leading the fight against climate change. Of course. uh, As Al Gore uh, said in his movie and and, and, and speeches years ago. Joe Biden says it too. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Um, China today generates enough power from clean sources to power Germany six times over. That's up from only two times a decade ago. In a few years, China's clean power generation will be equal to U.S.'s total electricity consumption. I mean, what a win, right? That's yeah, an incredible huge. win. huge. The clean yeah. energy. I didn't realize yeah. they were that. Big win. They're really pumping out the yeah, solar panels. Sure. Solar generation and wind uh, generation alone is about to hit three times Germany's total electricity consumption next year. Wow. If China's power demand had stayed at the 2009 level... The massive increase in CO2-free power generation would have made the grid 80% clean. Wow. That's incredible. That's nuts. But wait a minute. It, it, they sounds like they might be using a little more energy well, than they were. Yeah. Yeah. The problem, of course, was that electricity demand doubled and power, clean power generation didn't keep up. So the difference was delivered from coal and Overall, CO2 emissions went up by 90%. But it's a huge win. A huge win. A huge Huge, win. There we go. Dr. Brown. Feather. Feather. Our father. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hello, Cody in Virginia. 
Good Welcome. morning, sir. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Great. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Um, I would just like to say thanks to you and your whole crew for uh, putting the truth out there about uh, a whole lot of things. I've been watching the world crumble for a long time now, and my life's been crumbling. And um, hmm. you know, I'd just like to give a message to the to the world um, to just take care of each other. Try to give the support that you need and that the people need. And, you know, it's people like you. I just, I really just want to say thank you for everything that you do. And I watch you every day of the week that I can. And yeah. Thanks, Cody. What have you, what's been going on in your life that you've been struggling with? Uh, I've been battling uh, addiction oh. for a long time. I quit drinking 13 weeks ago. Good for you. And, I'm working on quitting smoking cigarettes and, and weed and stuff. And I'm just trying to get my life back on track and I'm just having to lay everything out on the table and take inventory of myself <laughs> and everything that's going on. And it's, it's a lot. It sucks. Doesn't it? Well, it's a lot, man. Yeah. yeah. But I've had some absolutely amazing people come into my life and, and really help me out. And I'd just like to say thank you to them as well. Yeah. I, I, I let me tell you, Cody, as somebody who uh, has done this before, um, do it right. Be thorough. Uh, and it's hard. It sucks. And you're just I mean, you just get it. it sometimes it, you'll just get beaten down by it. Don't just remember it is worth it. It is so worth it. Your life is going to become so much better when you get rid of all of that garbage. And it is. It's hard. And I don't mean just the garbage of drinking or smoking or whatever. I mean, getting rid of the things that were pushing you in that direction, face them head on. It was, it's scary. I know, but you're going to discover some great things about you. You're so right. And it's, it's literally transpired into my life to where trash is actually piling up and, you know, basic (laughs) chores and, and just functioning as a, as a, productive member of society has just uh i don't know it's it's become like i've been mentally disabled and you know just trying to get on track before it's too late you know because i I don't want to lose everything that i have i've worked hard i've worked hard for what i have good for you cody and i'm I'm thankful for everything and thank you you bet make sure you reach out i want to hear from you a year from now you know i want to hear how your life is going yes sir i will thank you god bless uh, I have to tell you that is, you know, what's really scary is most people, because I was this way, you hang on to the things that you think you are, you hang on to, um, your struggles and your problems and the blame that you have given yourself or others have given you, or you've put on somebody else because it is a it's a defense mechanism that happens. And when you start to really, you know, recover and you have to take that inventory of yourself and deal with all the things. And then hopefully that leads to dealing with all the things you think, you know, you thought you knew was true. And it's scary when you take all of that stuff out because you feel like at least I did. I felt like maybe there's not anybody in there. Maybe this is as good as it gets. I don't, I mean, I'm a, I've been hiding all of this because I don't think there's anything good in me. And that is a frightening, terrifying feeling. 
And I will tell you, I felt that way for a long time. And it stopped me from really going because you'd hang on to things. You'd be like, no, I want to hang on to this one because it gave you an excuse. But when you get rid of all of that stuff, you begin to discover things about yourself that you didn't know that are really, really good. Really good. Uh, let me go to uh, Matt in South Carolina. Hi, Matt. Yeah, hey, Glenn. Uh, uh, I got a serious question for you, but I also have kind of a funny statement. Uh, <laughs> my last name is uh, Franzese, and uh, when you had Michael Franzese on, uh, you were pronouncing his last name wrong, and I don't know if you realize that, but I always do. Funny. I, o- <laughs> I always do. <laughs> It was funny. We're not related. Uh, my family's not related, but uh, yeah. it's a mob guy, and, and you're and you're saying his name wrong. Really <laughs> and, well, uh, thank you for that. That would my, be terrifying if the mob existed, which it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It does not if exist. If it did, it did, I'd be a big fan, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big fan of the mob if it existed, but it doesn't, it doesn't exist. exist. We know that. We're Go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I got my brother listening in upstate New York, too. Yeah. He's up in Corning. Um, but my serious question is... is I've been. See- I live in South Carolina. We've been seeing all these things, my friends, and hearing all this stuff on the internet and things about these the southern border and these middle-aged men or military-aged men coming across. And and I'm hearing and seeing uh, stories and and things about you know them being put up in cities around America at the Roosevelt Hotel. A lot of them have these UN cards that uh-huh. have money on them. It's just I just want to see what your take is on that and see what is there anybody looking into local. Uh, um, police forces, hopefully, in these cities. <laughs> you know, like, are they, is anyone paying attention to these? I mean, they're just gathering in yeah. around America. Are there people uh, paying attention to that? Yeah. People like you, people like me, people who are paying attention and are concerned. Uh, are there police that are looking into it? I don't know if they're looking into it, but I'm sure they're aware of it in the cities where they're allowed to be aware of things like that. Um, and every every American, every city should be concerned. We've talked about it for a long time that the U.N. is helping on the other side of the border process people, getting them ready so they can come in and just have easy access to America. You have NGOs, some of them funded by people like Soros. Uh, that are doing the same thing, helping, moving people, uh, you know, doing caravans, all of these things. Uh, and their their goal is uh, is not a stronger America. There was a um, let me see here. Where is it here? Here's a listen to this one. Here's a Biden spokesperson, John Kirby, uh, just this weekend. Listen to this cut 10. Let me ask you about the southern border, because obviously the chaos there, the openness, you can argue about that. But I mean, record numbers of people showing up there, record numbers of people who are either on a terror list or associated with somebody who is a family member, an associate. We're at record numbers for those. How worried are you as somebody who is your job is national security that we have an issue there with somebody who would be a bad actor, a copycat or a terrorist cell? We're, we're, we're concerned about the potential spillover from the war against Hamas uh, in terms of domestic security. That's why days ago, I mean, within a day or two of the attacks, the president ordered the team, the national security team uh, and the Department of Homeland Security to work with state and local authorities to make sure that we have the intel picture in place to be able to identify and potentially disrupt any domestic terror threat as a result of, uh, of what's going on uh, against uh, Hamas. And I will tell you that even as we were speaking here this morning, we simply don't have any 
specific credible threat to speak to, but that doesn't mean we're not looking very, very hard. Stop, stop it. Really, sincerely, stop it. So even just a few days ago, we reached out to local authorities. Make sure you have information on all those people that are coming in. You just, you make sure you, really? You mean, the what is it now? How many millions have come across the border? How many millions have we just lost? You know, there was a report out this week. I'll find it during the break. There was a report out uh, this last weekend about the number of people that came in from Iran that we caught just this week. Iran coming across the border. That's a, that's a long walk from Iran, a really long walk. Why, why, why were they coming over? Because I'll bet you if you're a persecuted person in Iran and you get out, you could show up at our embassy someplace and I'll, I'll bet you you could be fast-tracked. Why are they coming across the border? And this has been happening now for two and a half years. So I appreciate what you've done, John, in the last couple of days after the attack. But I think Americans would like to know, you know, who's here? Mm -hmm. And maybe you should uh, solve that by first closing and securing the border. Are you with me on this, Glenn? Uh, Over the past week or two, John Kirby's starting to rise to the level of annoyance of like a KJP for me. Like he's starting to get to that like upper echelon Hall of Fame level of just I can't stand hearing a word out of his mouth because he's so annoying about everything. He's uh, at he's rising to that level for me. He's to me. He is becoming Baghdad Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're old enough to remember who Baghdad Bob was, was that the first war or the second? That war? was the 2003. OK, mm-hmm. 2003. And he was a guy who was like. Look, there's uh, caves, terror. What? Oh, no. Saddam Hussein. He's a great guy. Rape his two sons. What? Oh, but it was also like the tanks are we have video uh, video footage of tanks 10 miles outside of Baghdad. And he's like, they're not even in the country. We've already defeated them. Like it was that type of denial. So bad, which is hilarious and also very reminiscent of what we're hearing now. From people in the Middle East who are basically claiming none of these atrocities occurred. Right. And hearing in other uh, areas here in the United States from our own people. What? The border's secure. What? There's nobody coming. What? That's crazy talk. But that's a conspiracy there. Yes. What? It's Baghdad Bob. Mm. We are we are at the point where I never thought America would be. And the one responsible for that is the one that is currently killing themselves, and that is the mainstream media. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. We have Jeff in Arizona. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for taking my call. I want to warn you. You thought Tony had a big question for you. I got a big one. Oh, my head. You're going to have to fire up those brain cells here on Monday morning. All right. So this addresses addresses even the issue you were discussing earlier about the U.S. bonds and the interest on the U.S. bonds. Mm -hmm. And this is a suggestion that would help save the U.S. dollar from complete collapse and deal with our debt. And that suggestion is this. We simply stop paying the interest on that portion, a portion of the U.S. debt, and that portion is the portion that's held by China. (laughs) Now, of course, that is the dropping of a 
nuclear bomb in a financial kind of war. And yes. there's a lot of discussion about financial war. Mm. And also people might say, well, my gosh, you're going to destroy the U.S. Treasury bonds and so on. No, you give assurances to the rest of the world mm -hmm. that we are going to pay the interest on all of their bond debt held by all, all their sovereign nations. Uh -huh. And why do you do this? And what's the justification? We all remember in the late 80s and the late 1990s, financial war was waged against South Africa because of their apartheid regime. We simply declare China a pariah state. They are simply using slavery. They, they have active slavery. They use slavery in their economy. They're an aggressive colonizer through force. We've had hippies complaining for decades about what happened in Tibet. They're doing that in Nepal. They're trying to do in Nepal exactly what Russia is doing in Ukraine, just simply trying to take their land, claiming, oh, a bunch of these people are ethnic Chinese. So, and one last thing to give you while you're, you're preparing a response to that mm -hmm. idea. I've reviewed this idea with significant conservative economists, including Catherine Austin Fitz. And Catherine Austin Fitz actually agrees. So even if you think that's a great idea, I think you should discuss it with Carol at some point. But it is a significant idea. And just stop paying interest to China. Okay. Uh, well, let me start here again. Cold start on this. Um, you said what what they're doing in Nepal, just taking land. Russia's doing that, right? You said so. They're doing the same thing as Russia. Yeah, it's like an aggressive colonization where they just simply claim that they're not taking the land yet, but they're simply trying to claim that oh, we got a bunch of ethnic Chinese here. We have a right to control your country. Right which Russia is trying to do. I'm just trying to find the boundary here because this is what we did with SWIFT, and that is giving us a, a, a BRICS organization that is going to challenge the dollar uh, soon, and they're replace, replacing the SWIFT, something that America thought could never be done, the SWIFT payment uh, uh, system, which, you know, it does almost all the payments uh, internationally, globally, all over the world uh at least it did now it's now you know now it's uh, going to be replaced in some nations because we took that away from russia and others immediately said well if they can do that there what happens if they get up on the wrong side of the bed and they think that you know they can do it to us as well and they were all many of them not all of them many of them were nations that we you know we're not real positive about um but if you say you're not going to pay the interest, a couple of things happen. You've broken a contract. We, when we got into what new information do we have about China? Slaves? We knew that going in. That to me, if, if I were uh, somebody going to a bank and I said, you know what? I just found out that you were, you know, uh, holding the money and maybe involved with the Jeffrey Epstein thing, so I'm not paying my interest to you. You know where I'd be? Homeless. That's where I would be. Uh, and you can't just break these contracts. You just cannot break a contract like that. Now, if we're at war, then maybe we do that. But this would be an act of war. Well, you're sort of making my argument for me, Glenn, because the truth of the matter is, is fine. That's what those shots across the bow are with bricks. These are shots across the bow of financial war. And we have a dollar that is about to go to zero. And if we don't do something, that's what's going to happen. 
And there so, is a realistic okay, basis so I, I, I don't realistic wanna, basis for what I've said. Okay, about. hang on just a second. Hang on just a second. I don't want to get into an argument with you, but I do want to push back uh, a bit. Um, the first thing, if you want to save the dollar, the first thing you do is clean your own house up first. Before you say, I'm going to declare war on China, you would say, I'm going to declare war on uh, maybe we... We don't pay the salaries of everybody in Congress and in Washington because they're the ones that are tubing this, this and the Federal Reserve. Why would I go outside of my own borders first and cause a war with Russia when really I should clean out my own house first? I agree with you on those points. I do. Okay. But, you know, China's coming after us. So is and the Federal Reserve. And shots across the bow. Now, I agree. This would be the dropping of a, a nuclear bomb in financial war. This would, this would be a full-on financial war against China, yeah. clearly. But the question becomes, are we headed that way? Oh, e- yes. Yes, we are. But I don't I, – I, look, they invade Taiwan. I would consider it. They, you know, uh, they get into war with us. I would absolutely do it. However, uh, I, I don't really want to be the one that drops the nuclear bomb uh, on China because I don't think the rest of the world would believe us. And the fastest thing we can do is get everybody dumping our uh, treasuries that they do hold. Then our dollar is over immediately. And China would convince half the world to do just that. Thanks for your call, Jeff. Seems to that we should be. There are differences in, in just not paying. I mean, full faith and credit is a big deal, and yeah. it, would, it would really rock the world economy and ours uh, really badly. But taking steps to the direction of being less economically tied to China uh, is, I think, the right way to move. Yeah, I think you saw you some of that with, with in the Trump administration. Yes, but you can't really do that um, at the uh, with the spending. That we've had, even if Trump, you know, Trump is not a debt guy. He doesn't. But he's not bothered by debt. I am. But I buy into his theory to some degree. And that is, look, you you cut your spending when you're at full earning power. Well, we're not even at full earning power. If we get rid of all of these things, we can create businesses. We can pay these bills. And he's right. However, I'm not comfortable because it seems that only happens when we have certain people in um, and we just keep growing this debt. The first things that you you need to do is stop the accumulation of debt. I just don't you cannot clean out your you cannot clean out somebody else's house. It's like after, you know, in 2008, right before the crash. Our financial heads of all of our banks went over and lectured China on how you really need to run. You know, look, we have all the credibility. We, we know how to run, you know, the banking sector and loans and everything else. And we crashed. What an embarrassment. They laughed at us when we were there because they saw what was coming. Yeah, I, I will also say if we're going to do this with China, which I think is the right thing to do. One important get away from China. Get away from yeah, them. Not yeah. not his policy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I, I appreciate the uh, sentiment. Yes, but I mean, it, and if there's war, yes, maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But moving away from from our t- economic ties with China is something that we should be pursuing. However, and this is something that you know we were talking about with the house race. You don't just do something. 
Huh. Right? You do something with a plan for what's going to replace it. And you better have a replacement for China because our entire way of life changes if we just cut them out completely right now. Everything changes. Might I suggest a, re- a replacement for China? Uh, India. India is a, a, a country that has much, some familiarity, some friendliness to Western values. They at least, they loved us when Trump was in office. I mean, they yeah. were like, I mean, right. they, they loved us there. You have a, a, a large population, a real manufacturing base. We should be doing everything we can to encourage India to be moving the, the right way for Western values as much yes. as we can control that with, yes. with, with carrots. And then also... You know, encouraging to, uh, companies to do business with com- with countries like India that can actually give us a lot of the stuff that we're getting from China, but also in a way that makes a heck of a lot more sense. And obviously, American manufacturing is another big part of this, increasing that and everything else. But you're never going to replace China with American manufacturing completely. Some companies will be able to do it. Certain products you can help on. Certain things for defense purposes you should bring in internally more often. But when you're talking about wide-scale economic uh, pursuits... You got a country that's got over a billion people and they don't hate America. You know, like embracing them and helping them through their troubles is probably something we should be focusing on a little bit more. Uh, Quickly, let me go to Diane in California. Hi, Diane. Good morning, Glenn. Happy Monday. Thank you. I have have a question without the uh, the normal argument that we're here that, oh, my God, we'll never win another election. But why... What is it going to take to get the majority of the Republican Party, the 80 million people who voted for Donald Trump to leave this party and become independents? Why hasn't Donald Trump become an independent? We've allowed RFK to take over that aspect of the three party system. Now, it's another Democrat, regardless of, you know, mm-hmm. all the nice things he says that people think are great, which he is. not he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it going to take to leave these rhinos and um, never Trumpers and people that are feckless and refuse to fight for what we the people want? Like we want Jim Jordan. Uh, every poll says that. Yet they're fighting us. What do we do to make that third party the strongest party of all three? Well, I'm going to say something really unpopular. The last thing you do is start a third party three or four months or six months before this election. Uh, Mm. Do not vote for RFK. Do not. He is not uh, a constitutionalist. Mm-mm. He is a constitutionalist when he likes it. Um, be- when he thinks he can fool people who care about the Constitution. Yeah, he is really a dangerous candidate. So don't do anything uh, this time. But I will tell you, I, I think, you know, when you've got a four-year ramp up, Donald Trump would have been would have been smart, I think. Uh, if you can get enough uh, Democrats, or sorry, enough Republicans to leave... Um, but it can't be about a person. It has to be about an idea. It has to be bigger than the person involved. Um, Donald Trump doesn't need a third party. He's winning by 40 points. Yeah. Right. Like, and, yeah. uh, you know, again, remember, Trump supported aggressively no, McCarthy. I, I right. Like, I, so I don't I, I understand that there's certainly different differences between rhinos and Donald Trump. A lot of them. But I mean, this was his pick. He he harangued people on the House floor to vote for McCarthy. That was his pick. 
And so now he's well, supporting Jordan. I think Jordan would be an improvement over McCarthy. Huge. Um, but huge. Trump is, you know, <laughs> huge. Um, I don't, First of all, Trump, it's hard to do it with a third party, which is one of the reasons why people continually fail at it, even when they have really high polls. You know, and there's a reason why Trump goes to the Republican Party, because that's where he, he can win. But and it the, the structure is already built. Correct. But that was at a time in 2016 where we got to take over... The Republicans, those McConnells and the dirty ones, they're never going to get out. They're never going to get out. They are going to continue to try to do everything they can for their little Rhinoville. Uh, I, I am one that would love to see the big, not before an election, but the big uh, players in Washington. And I'd love it if you had a really, really conservative Republican, I mean, Democrat, but I can't find one. But people that would say, I'm leaving, I'm not playing this game anymore, because I think the Republicans are so rotted from the inside, a lot of people would follow and get out. And, uh, and it, have, it needs to happen. This. You've seen some of this. Happen. Yeah. I mean, people have gone, become independent, even if they're just voting for Republicans still, yeah. becoming an independent voter sends a message. Na, 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 na.